Mm-hmm. Magical day. All those dogs hit, man. <laughs> Listen, we're not stopping. We're going hard. This is March. Believe it or leave the building. We welcome you back with open arms to the ACC Basketball Degenerates podcast. The reunion just continues. We promised to splash, and here we are, multiple episodes. We might just do this on the daily basis, <laughs> and we should because it's ACC Tournament Week. I'm your host, Luke Near. Vegas Mike Jaffe is with us. Taylor wanted to be here, but is saving his firepower, his ammunition for potentially tomorrow in the semis, but we're going to look ahead to the quarters. Michael. Yeah. What a great day for us. I think we're capping the heck out of this tournament so far, but knock on wood, let's keep it going. Now, forget about my future. Forget about my whole Wake Forest monologue and going out on a limb because I do have the power to jinx schools. I would like tribute from the remaining (laughs) contenders, the remaining teams. If they want to survive, you better not have me pick you to win the ACC title. That's right. You got to pay up. I, I think uh, we should acknowledge Taylor's on a one uh, one podcast suspension uh, due to uh, <laughs> due to some some incidents yesterday. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's been an interesting tournament so far. You know, we got a we got a true buzzer beater, uh, which is all you can ask for in a conference tournament. And look, man, Wake Forest was the talk of the uh, was the talk of the. Barclays Center, you know, even in their loss yesterday, is that I feel like we should start there. I mean, that that yeah. loss has the biggest overall impact, I think, not only on the ACC tournament, but on the NCAA. I think you might have a, uh, a bubble team that's out. burst. You think they're really, out, right? I think they're out, mm-hmm. unfortunately, Man. for our league and our wonderful run with Alondis and Jake and – I think a lot of the story was Boston College and how well they're right. playing. And you were on right. to this BC team at the tail end of February. You were riding them mm-hmm. on a weekly basis. It wasn't paying off, but the fruits of your labor finally came about, not only in the Pitts romp, which you and I were all over, but also yesterday where they would not go away. When Wake Forest built the double-digit lead, I said, okay, here it is. Because I was trying to play both sides going back and forth. You and I right. both had BC first down. <laughs> I loved it. The line got down to Wake two and a half. I was like, I'll take a little bit of that. And then Wake goes up by double digits. I I felt like I was fiddling this second (laughs) of day two, just fiddling it back and forth. And then BC had one last run in them, you know? Right, right. I and I mean Langford, man, he's been he's been the difference for Boston College. I think you know he was hurt, you know, towards the early early February. Came back a little bit, but wasn't quite himself. Uh, but man, you know, I I just thought that they were tough, man. They were shot makers down the stretch, and Wake Forest just they weren't. You know, they just didn't they didn't make the shots and didn't get the stops. Um, man, Boston College has a lot of fight in them. You saw it in the Notre Dame overtime game, I think, in early February, where they came out and battled and. They had a rough end of February, but man, you know, this Miami game is going to be real tight. I think it's going to be a real tight game. The line ends up at seven and a half for today. Uh, five point line at first half. Come on, come on books. What are you doing? You know, that's <laughs> you're just giving me free money at the beginning of the uh, day. That's dangerous. <laughs> Pay me. You know, I mean, I guess you can ride them. That's what we did yesterday. You wanted every single dog, yeah. and we tweeted out yeah. the picks. 
at the end of the day, I did pull the trump card and went Virginia, and that was a mistake. And that's mainly because of Louisville and how much of a disaster they are as a basketball team. I don't know how many right. teeth I grinded away during that nightcap. <laughs> Virginia Tech game went into overtime, which just made my night even later and later and later. But right, you were actually right. – let's talk about your journey. Your first ACC yeah. in the flesh – I can't say it's one that is going to go into the archives and is going to be pulled out. <laughs> Mike Hogwood, if he was still alive, rest in peace, pour some out. I, I don't know if we're going to be reviewing day two from Brooklyn in 2022, but you certainly were there, and your eyes will remember right. every single sight and sound, including Josh Pastor still hanging around and being courtside at his station. Despite yeah. the fact that his Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets have exited and have no postseason whatsoever to look forward to. That was, I think, the moment right. of the first two days. Yeah, I mean, you know, Josh sitting uh, courtside looking like a courtside photographer um, for the uh, Virginia Tech-Clemson game, just taking in the uh, taking in the sights and sounds. I mean, I don't know, you know, this is my first ACC tournament in person, and, um, you know, I've... I'm sure it's a beautiful event in a lot of other places, but let me tell you, the Barclays is the Death Star. Okay, <laughs> that's where that's where joy goes to die. I mean, you know, when I was there for the night sessions last night, there were maybe a thousand people in the crowd. Let me put it this way: I bought a ticket on StubHub because I'm not press. You know, I'm a man of the people. I bought a ticket on StubHub. Like for $11, the ticket was $11, and that included the StubHub fees, you know, so that was like a $6 ticket with $5 in fees. And when I got there, for the whole session, and I didn't even realize it, but but I had bought box seats as well, so it included food throughout the whole time (laughs) that I was there, and drinks, and it was $11, you know, so that tells you the excitement about it. Whereas you compare that to the Big East uh, games for tonight, I mean, you can't get into Madison Square Garden for under 200 bucks in the lower bowl. I mean, so, you know, I think it's not the ACC tournament as much as it is the not Big East tournament, you know? I mean, I think think things will pick up tonight a little bit when you have Duke come into the building, Um, you know, I, People are like, oh, maybe it'll be there'll be some home crowd uh, on Syracuse's side. People don't realize that. Yeah, the Jersey Bears go up yeah. in whole force. Yeah, that's right. The Goldman boys with their corporate seats are going to rush that stadium today <laughs> and be cheering their hearts out for the Dukies for sure. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of a quiet vibe. And I think you touched on it a little bit. What you don't get at Barclays, you don't get like the stragglers, the straggling fans that just kind of come in and want to enjoy the, uh, yeah. the epicenter of college basketball. As you said, there are no NC State fans hanging around in Brooklyn. You know, that's there's nobody a huge issue for me. <laughs> yeah, Especially and that's... single male NC State fans. I'd say late 40s. Mm-hmm, they like to mm-hmm. prefer the upper deck even though the lower deck is available, but they still prefer <laughs> the upper deck. They want to be alone. They want to right. have a lot of popcorn and food and nachos spread out. Yep. No judgments all whatsoever. A little like Pastner, I suppose. He just wanted to have a date himself. <laughs> And <laughs> he's a kind enough guy that he went and talked to the Clemson Tigers mascot. I don't know the Tigers mascot name. This is terrible of me. 
But they had a great conversation. He had a little fist pound. He's almost the opposite of one of the Lopez brothers who was after the mascots for so long. You remember this? Robin Lopez. Yeah, was yeah, I do. I do. Mascots. Yeah, they would battle. Master yeah, is they the would anti Robin yeah. Lopez when it comes to mascots. Anyway, so that's a good recap <laughs> of day one, besides from the Virginia Tech ending, which. Oh, I what a. What, I mean, that was, yeah, that was great. I mean, what a great last kind of 10 minutes of basketball that was. I mean, what a great contrast to the Virginia Louisville game. If that was just a grind fest, the last 10 minutes of the Virginia Tech Clemson game were just great, straight free fire, free flowing, great basketball. Um, you know, I, Virginia Tech could have taken control of that game a lot more. They notoriously this year, and I heard this a lot in the stadium, they're not a team of closers. You know, they they don't close any games. They they have talent, but they don't have any closers. And, you know, it's almost like they forgot they had Keve Aluma and then they remembered oh, in yeah. overtime. <laughs> yeah, in overtime, they're like, Oh yeah, we have Aluma. I forgot. Why don't we go ahead and work through him for the first seven points of overtime? Um, and you know, PJ Hall was hurt too. And during that whole stretch, they could have been working through a luma but they didn't um but yeah great buzzer out and the handlers apparently were involved as you said (laughs) yeah yeah you know that foot you know everybody's got zion in the back of their minds and feet issues you know i i didn't think pj hall's handlers were going to allow him to uh come back in because he wanted to come back in i saw him on the bench you know he was talking to brownell yeah he was like hey yeah i'm ready you know 13 minutes left brownell sat him i think until like five minutes left um but yeah you know dawes probably his last game for clemson you know I thought he hit a couple good big shots, but you know, too much. I never thought I'd say this, but too much Storm Murphy for uh, for Virginia Tech. Probably played his best game of 2022, um, hitting a couple big shots, most of them in the first half, but even one yeah. or two in overtime. So, so anyways, good for them. But you know, I it you know it's I mean, also I good guess. to see Florida. Yeah, good for them, I guess. Good to see Florida State finally buried as well. What a yeah, pitiful and end. I'd like to take year. responsibility just for the Florida State season, just like I'd like to take responsibility for the Wake Forest flame out because <laughs> yeah, of yeah. my original future on Florida State winning 22 games, which mm. just appeared to be low-hanging fruit, but it was actually a trap, Michael. It was (laughs) – and I'm just glad this journey is over. And I thought it was fine after they beat Duke and they had that huge half against Miami. Yeah, I think they were six and two. Yeah, Yeah, they were six and two in the ACC. this out, Luke. Here's what we're going to do. Combination of the season is finally over. Stan just took a vacation on the sideline. I don't know what plays he was drawing up or what kind of offense he was running this year. Leonard, you know, has always got that look at his face. But, yeah, thank goodness that – Florida State team. We don't have to watch them anymore. Yeah. But a fitting get, end. A fitting end. We do get bonus basketball today. Let's start mm-hmm. Kevin. Yeah. Heavy underdogs start. yesterday. I don't think we can do that today with Notre Dame and North Carolina being right. my early leans as my top two plays. But let's start with Duke and the 16 points. It's ballooned oh. to 16, Michael. It's, it 16. was 13 last night. I couldn't do it. And then I guess everybody rushed to the window when they heard the buddy news. Yeah, that's right. Bad buddy, bad buddy out here, uh, you know, tapping, doing donkey punches and, you know, and get the guy right in the gut. Um, I had to try to describe that punch <laughs> during my post game and a halftime reports last night. Mm-hmm. And I would not say it was a punch because I right. couldn't do that. I didn't want to feed into the hysteria and say, Buddy Bayheim suspended after punching. Hey, I love that Wyatt Wilkes was the recipient, first of all. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he just withered. He he curled up and withered into a little ball and burrowed right. into the Barclays court after just a light love tap. That's what I wanted to call it on air. I wouldn't call it a punch because he should be flagged today. Yeah, it it was um it was the type of when you, you could tell he has brothers, right? Like he, it was a type it was a sibling punch, you know? Like it was yeah. like one of those where you're super annoyed. And honestly, Wyatt was just doing a great box out, putting a body on Buddy. I mean, honestly, Buddy, if you don't want to rebound, you got to get out of there, you know? Like uh so you know, Wyatt puts the uh puts the shoulder into him, puts the hips into him and Buddy doesn't like it and just kind of gives him the little sibling punch on his way back up the court. Um, but yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, the problem is or what, yeah, what's what kind of sad. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, I don't think Syracuse was going to battle anyways because they don't have Jesse Edwards, you know. I thought they could have competed in this game a little bit if Edwards was healthy and if Bayheim was there. I think they could have uh, – they could have tangoed a little bit with Duke, especially after getting their legs under them in the first game, but not here. I mean, I it's just – you know, too much focus here on Duke. Duke specializes in these ACC tournaments. They just happen to win the ACC regular season. That just happened to them. But yeah. this, is, this is this is going to this Syracuse team. Yeah, right. The right. Dome started out what twenty to one. I think they went on a run of that nature to start the game. Yep. Yeah. I, I see the same thing happening. <sighs> yeah. I, I. It's too. It's, it's a lot tough. of points. I think you're going to see a lot of people take Syracuse just because they're going to perceive it as a home game for Syracuse. Oh, Syracuse, Big East memories, you know, New York, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Nah, Duke's going to, they're going to be up by that same spread at halftime. You know, it's going to be, they'll be up 15 at half, um, just like they have been in the past this year. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really mess with it, but I'd take Duke if I had to. We have to, yeah. So our yeah. selection is going to be <laughs> reluctantly the Duke Blue Devils. <laughs> Game number right. two, we've already previewed this. We've already teased it. We're taking the Boston College Eagles, seven mm-hmm. and a half, way too many points. The right. Miami team can't guard. Yeah. And I'm not sure they have anybody with physicality to deal with Kardec. I think Kardec actually right. has a really good game today. I mean, he's a massive guy. He's a big guy, Mike. I know, I know. Yeah, Karnick, you know. You mean ACC Thor? Yeah, I've seen him. Yeah. I mean, you know. The Elon transfer is just a machine down low. He'd, he'd stay in college forever if he could. I think he's been there for like six years now. Um, but him and Post. I mean, Post is seven-footer. I mean, he had 17 yesterday. I mean, that's a lot down low to handle for, what, Waterberg? Wart- uh, uh, Dan Gack ain't coming off that bench. Tanya, you know, Jakiri isn't going to come out of retirement. <laughs> to uh <laughs> to guard those guys. I mean, Nassir Brooks transferred just because they weren't committed to his type of game. I mean, it's not the Miami teams of old, you know, but um, I mean, they're going to just try to out. They're going to slow the game down. If you're Miami, they're going to let those guards shoot threes and kind of go to the basket. BC, I, I think they have a great shot at winning this one too. Um, and exactly. could very easily. The lights out right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm tempted to take BC money line here, but uh, but I'll take the definitely the first half points. I could see I it maybe getting away, maybe maybe being an eight to ten point game because I think it's going to be four. To me, one of those games is going to be like a one to two possession game throughout, and maybe Miami pulls away with free throws at the end. But I don't know. I like I like BC. I like BC. okay. The reason this line is where it is is because in Chestnut Hill, Miami won by eleven, and that was right. only a couple weeks ago, or maybe a right. week ago. Weekend a day ago. Yeah. But I think BC is revitalized. They have some extra energy. They have punch and they've been on the floor. I don't worry about fatigue. Maybe it sets mm-hmm. in late. 
But the Miami team in general, I, as much as I hate to say this, and the numbers don't reflect it, I don't think they're a blowout team. I don't think they blow the doors off, except right. that weird North Carolina game at the Watsko Center. Everybody blows out Pitt, let's face it. <laughs> and the double-digit win they just got over um, Yeah, BC. I mean, y- you know, for the Miami game, too, for the previous BC game, you also have to remember BC played Clemson just a couple days prior to that. And Clemson, I mean, for all that they are, they are a – they're an unpleasant team to play. I mean, I think they're like Virginia, where if you always look at the game after you play Clemson, you're usually not going to cover and you're not going to play well. Just like when you're playing Virginia, you know, the game after you play Virginia, you're just totally taxed. So, you know, I think I think there's a margin for error here that I think BC can correct. So I'm on them, man. Go Eagles. It's going to be great. Yeah. I guess our best play is going to be at the first half. Yeah. Or is our best Plus play five. the game? We'll go plus no. five is our best play. Plus then, five for that half. Yeah, that's a great one. And then a money line Michael Flyer. Mm-hmm. Boston College mm-hmm. Eagles to make the semifinals of the ACC tournament. That would be the first time since who? We had to I, I was going to say it was now. like 04, right? Um, let me see. Skinner made the semis at least once or twice. Yeah, yeah see, I got them losing to Pitt in the semis. Oh, I. Actually, they were in the Big East then. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe they haven't made this invite since the Big East. <laughs> I think Dudley made them once. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, you would think. Sure, you would think but. Okay. Uh, Late yeah, session. Anyway. This is where it really gets good. Mm. You're Notre Dame fighting Irish against the yeah. Virginia Tech Hokies, yeah. led by a revitalized Storm Murphy, Kev Aluma. <laughs> the Mike Youngs. The Mike Youngs. Where do we yeah. start? What's the line? Tell me. I haven't even looked at what it is. I just want to take I, Notre Dame. I, yeah, I need I need to make a public apology. I think the last podcast we were on, I got, you know, sometimes you get a too fired up on these things. And I think I said that you need to throw Notre Dame in the trash or set them on fire or something. I that is wrong. You know, this this is a team, you know, I picked them to win the I ACC. That somehow they almost did it. I don't even know how, but they almost did it. You know, they if they would have been able to beat Miami and Florida State, you know, I think they would have they would have been able to bring it home, but um, I should say Wake Forest and uh, and Florida State. But anyway, um, the, this is ridiculous. I mean, when I'm when I'm in the stadium yesterday, every single Virginia Tech fan I ran into said there is no way that we can beat Notre Dame tomorrow. Mm. And those those fans know their team better than anyone, right? Like, I mean, they see they felt that collapse in the Clemson game, thrilled to get a win. But you know, you're in the bathroom, you know, right after the buzzer beater, and every single Virginia Tech fan's like, "We just can't. There's no way we can beat Notre Dame. You know, we're just not playing well enough." Um, you know, they're going to work through. They're hopefully going to learn some of their lessons from this Clemson second half and work through a Luma. I mean, a Luma and Mutz had 41 against Notre Dame in the last matchup. They won that by five or six. They were I think down they were, to the majority of regulation in that game. They that were. That's what, Notre Dame had about yeah. a seven-point edge for the majority of regulation, yeah. and then they got it right yeah. at the end. A lot of foul shots, if I recall correctly. Yeah. But. Yeah. People forget that. They look at the box score. They see that they lost by six, but they were up. Yeah, they held a comfortable seven, eight, ten-point lead for most of that game. Uh, but yeah, they're going to work through a Luma and Mutz. Uh, the, the big thing is like 
Aline, man. Like, where is Aline for Virginia Tech? He is Absent. a ghost. He is a ghost. The last time he played well was here against Notre Dame. I think he had 22. And so I just don't see Aline having that type of game here. And I think this Notre Dame team, man, I think they're ready. You know, I think they're ready to make a – I think you might see them in the championship game against likely Duke after beating BC. But I, I like Notre Dame here. It, the line's only like one, one and a half. It's People absurd. infatuated. You know, yeah, it really I, reminds me of 2017 when Mike Bray and Bonzi Colson and that team, Matthew Farrell, just to throw a, a memory lane name oh, out there. Nice. <laughs> they had the double buy, and then Virginia walked into their trap and they just smoked them. Wasn't yeah. close. Mm-hmm. I don't think Virginia Tech's going to be smoked, but I suspect they're going to lose by about five to six points. It could be two. It could be three. It doesn't matter. That's all right. I need. <laughs> and, Notre Dame needs to shoot well, though. They cannot yeah. have one of these ice cold Leshevsky games. That's how they get into trouble against Virginia yeah. Tech. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a battle of the three ball. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if, if Notre Dame better. shoots well, yeah, that's right. I mean, Notre Dame in conference play has held ACC opponents to 29% from three. It's the second best in the league. I like them to do that here against Tech. It's it's their kryptonite. If Tech doesn't shoot well as well, they just it's a battle of the three ball tonight for sure. It's a battle of the three ball, but also who's going to set up the three. For Virginia Tech, it's Aluma who's going to be facilitating and setting up the threes. For Notre Dame, it's Wesley. He needs to touch the paint, and that's their formula. And if he touches the paint and scores, that's fine. Same for Aluma, but those are the two guys, the most important players on the floor. I still like Notre Dame for every reason that we just mentioned. It's my second favorite bet on the board today. It's number two. You know what number one is? (laughs) <laughs> I, I think I, I know where you're going. So, but it's the very next game. It is the 930 oh. Night Owl Nocturnal Session featuring a classic rivalry, which is not in its best rendition this year. <laughs> Michael, I have seen Malcolm Brogdon and Bryce Johnson courtside at an ACC tournament final game in D.C. back in 2000. 16 the energy in that building was off the charts right it was one of the hottest tickets in town the semis sold out and there were no scalpers there was no nothing anything i remember this because there were you know people trying to get tickets through me and i said there's just nothing available so how far we've fallen but this is what we have in the quarterfinals (laughs) Virginia, North Carolina, so many great meetings over the years. You can go all the way back to the Samson area. You can go to recent memory where you had Joel Berry and company playing against uh, the Kyle Guy, Devin Hall team. But here we are now. It's a mismatch. Carolina, all they have to do is spread Virginia out. Same formula. No post-trapping Baycott. We're not going to allow you to do so because we have too many shooters on the floor. And Manic is just shooting the ball at a high level right now. That's right. I don't think he's going to be stopped. I think he's on a mission. That high release from Manic also is practically unguardable. And there's a dirty little secret out there. Virginia was supposed to have good perimeter defense this year. They just haven't had it. They don't have the length. Franklin's not that long. Clark obviously isn't. Beekman's the best defender on the team, but he can only do so much. He can only try to snuff out Caleb Love. RJ Davis right. is, a, is a nightmare matchup for them. If you have Beekman on Love, I don't know exactly how they're going to play that. They might switch him back and forth. North Carolina is going to be able to score, and North Carolina is guarding 
here in late February and March, which is a huge issue. The line is only four. It's not nearly enough. Carolina wins by double digits. Man, and you know the the Baycott. I think you said before we even recorded, you know, last time that what Shedrick's got to essentially become a different person in order to guard Baycott in this game. Uh, Baycott had twenty nine the last time they played. Yeah. Manic was ACC Player of the Week, I think, just last week. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you know, we and and RJ Davis. What RJ Davis did in the end of that Duke game, um, I guess, last week. You know, he do, he went into his bag. He closed that game, you know, and having that along with the shooters that they have, being able to penetrate on this Virginia team, four is not nearly enough. To me, the four line is a is a pace number more than it is a true number. I know. But there's, they're saying that, oh, the possessions will be so limited that this would normally be a double-digit game, but because it's Virginia, it's a four-point line. It's a one-possession game or two-possession game, you know, and I don't see it either. I mean, I just think North Carolina just runs them off the floor, um, and I think you end think up having – Carolina also yeah. will be motivated for a seeding, a, an improvement in their seeding in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. You still have hacks out there who are saying their resume isn't necessarily – a lock for the NCAA tournament, which I think is ludicrous. Right. I right. think they will be motivated. I think they want to get back to the title game. Yeah, I, I really don't see it for Virginia unless a miracle happens. It would be an all-time Houdini act from Tony Bennett, but he did it once this year at Duke. Who knows? But yeah, I, I, I mean, that's the best bet on the board today, unfortunately. For my sake, yeah, I, Homer I mean, that I am. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I appreciate you seeing that. The self-awareness is key there. But, um, you know, with the exception of the pit loss, was which was an awful, awful loss for North Carolina, their only other losses have come to NCAA tournament teams, in my opinion. You know, I think Wake Forest now is on the bubble. But, you know, they've lost to Purdue, Tennessee, Kentucky. You know, and then a couple of losses in the ACC to Notre Dame and Miami, you know, and Duke once. You know, so, I mean, this is a team that's only losing to – Quality opponents. With yeah, the they're the TCB and team, the taking care of business team of the yeah. ACC this season, especially yeah, at home. Mm-hmm. And <sighs> neutral site. I don't know what I'm missing here, but. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, just like Duke, if you're going to get any type, there were a lot of UVA fans in the uh, arena last night. That was, uh, you know, Virginia, Virginia Tech actually showed out well, but I think you're going to see a lot of North Carolina love there tonight as well. Especially um, when that'll propel plenty of heels up north or from right. the surrounding area. I mean, they're just right. North Carolina fans at every quarter of the country. Right. Jordan right. And Vince Carter all the years. So they'll find their way yeah. to. What are we calling it? The Death Star? I actually like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's ominous. I need to tweet the photo it's I took. Oh, it's, it's just it's just an echo chamber in there, too. It's just it, it's not a pleasant. It's a place to watch a Rihanna concert. It's not a place to watch an <laughs> ACC basketball tournament, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I, I like that pick. So I, if yesterday we were on all the dogs, it seems like today, with the exception of Boston, Boston College, College, one of the favorites. Yeah, that we're we're pivoting to you know moving towards the favorites here, which well, I think traditionally is, double buy teams are able fun. to lay a smackdown on mm-hmm. the tired stragglers who are coming in. <laughs> now, I don't take right. too much into the fatigue. These guys are young; they're nineteen, twenty years old. Their bodies recover. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, Michael; they're not like you and I at our age. Right, right. We can get right I mean, back to it. We've seen 
a Duke run from Wednesday back in what 2017. Yeah. I don't buy yeah, into was the that four team, games. Yeah. But I do buy into the fact that, you know, the double buy teams are just better at basketball <laughs> <And it's, laughs> during the course of the year. And listen, North Carolina, Duke, Notre Dame, and Miami, those are your four best teams. It's right. not that difficult. It's not that complicated. So. Right, right. Yeah, the gap in the ACC has never been wider between the haves and have nots, or at least they haven't been since we've been doing this podcast. You know, I mean, the, well, so the have was a huge gap year. I mean, that was yeah. absurd yeah. with Carolina, yeah. Duke, and Virginia being right, juggernauts. Right. But anyway. Yeah, I guess the middle was better. They still got like eight teams in that year. You know, they'll be well, lucky to get four in this year. You know, what? here's a great way to close. Even though we have a few ACC teams who we will not see again during the 2022 campaign, unfortunately, like the mm. Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets and Pastner, even though he might just be hanging around Brooklyn, so you might see him again. <laughs> yeah. The line this year. Oh, our favorite conversation. Mm. And for those new to this podcast, the line is the team who you don't really lament losing to. You don't feel bad or disgusting or shameful. <laughs> but if you beat them, you're not doing a jig. Right. Is that right. a good characterization of the line? That that is. That is the line. It's the it's the definition of mediocrity where you where well, I shouldn't say that. It's the it's the barometer with which we measure ourselves as a team, you know, like and I, to me I think it might be one of the Virginia teams. I was, I, yeah, I was going to say that it was Virginia this year. I, th I thought that the line was Virginia. Um, I think, I think and I think that's, I think that's true. I, I was very tempted to say Virginia Tech, but I don't think anybody was really proud of beating Virginia Tech in the middle of the year when they were, you know, two and ten or what? whatever. Yeah, one seven inside the league. I don't know something yeah. like that. One seven. Yeah. Yeah, they had a terrible start. Um, but yeah, I think the line this year is Virginia, and I think you find. You're going to see North Carolina is going to be above that line tonight. Um, yeah. They're the taking very care of business team. So, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Right. And then, and I guess we'll see each other tomorrow. It sounds like we got to do this every day. Um, <laughs> hey, this is March. Hashtag it. We're tweeting right. out picks. We've come back in full force. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a surprise Battle of the Bulge ACC degenerates comeback. And I'm all for it. I'm all in. We have no explanation as to why we took so much time off, but here we are. We're back and we're ready for this run. So yeah, that's right. We were always here, all, always watching, always here. I actually really like where we are as a podcast coming out of nowhere, surprising the community, surprising the media world, surprising perhaps coaches, players, everybody involved. It's a battle of the bulge, like offensive from us. And we're not stopping. We're not holding back. We're taking our advantage. We're taking the initiative and we're going. I think we've been welcomed back. So we're going to keep doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of talk about us being back when I was at, uh, when I was at Barclays. So, you know, I think a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the assistant coaches and others are still paying attention. So that's good. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Until tomorrow. So long. Indeed.